Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 8. The Deadly Poppy Field. Part 2. So the big bird flew into the air and over the water till she came to where the scarecrow was perched upon his pole. Then the stork, with her great claws, grabbed the scarecrow by the arm and carried him up into the air and back to the bank, where Dorothy and the lion and the tin woodman and Toto were sitting. When the scarecrow found himself among his friends again, he was so happy that he hugged them all, even the lion and Toto, and as they walked along he sang toll-de-ride-o at every step. He felt so gay. I was afraid I should have to stay in the river forever, he said. But the kind stork saved me, and if I ever get any brains, I shall find the stork again and do her some kindness in return. That's all right, said the stork, who was flying along beside them. I always like to help anyone in trouble, but I must go now, for my babies are waiting in the nest for me. I hope you will find the Emerald City and that Oz will help you. Thank you, replied Dorothy. And then the kind stork flew into the air and was soon out of sight. They walked along, listening to the singing of the brightly colored birds, and looked at the lovely flowers, which now became so thick that the ground was carpeted with them. There were big yellow and white and blue and purple blossoms, besides great clusters of scarlet poppies, which were so brilliant in color they almost dazzled Dorothy's eyes. "'Aren't they beautiful?' the girl asked, as she breathed in the spicy scent of the bright flowers. Well, "'I suppose,' answered the scarecrow. When I have brains, I shall probably like them better. If only I had a heart, I should love them, added the tin woodman. I always did like flowers, said the lion. They seem so helpless and frail, but there are none in the forest so bright as these. They now came upon more and more of the big scarlet poppies, and fewer and fewer of the other flowers, and soon they found themselves in the midst of a great meadow of poppies, now it is well known that when there are many of these flowers together, their odor is so powerful that anyone who breathes it falls asleep. And if the sleeper is not carried away from the scent of the flowers, he sleeps on and on forever. But Dorothy did not know this, nor could she get away from the bright red flowers that were everywhere about. So presently her eyes grew heavy, and she felt she must sit down to rest and to sleep. But the tin woodman would not let her do this. "'We must hurry and get back to the road of yellow brick before dark,' he said. And the scarecrow agreed with him. So they kept walking until Dorothy could stand no longer. Her eyes closed in spite of herself, and she forgot where she was and fell among the poppies, fast asleep. "'What shall we do?' asked the tin woodman. "'If we leave her here, she will die,' said the lion. "'The smell of the flowers is killing us all. I myself can scarcely keep my eyes open, and the dog is asleep already.' It was true. Toto had fallen down beside his little mistress, but the scarecrow and the tin woodman, not being of flesh, were not troubled by the scent of the flowers. "'Run fast,' said the scarecrow to the lion, "'and get out of this deadly flower bed as soon as you can. We will bring the little girl with us, and if you should fall asleep, you are too big to be carried.' So the lion roused himself and bounded forward as fast as he could go. In a moment he was out of sight." "'Let us make a chair with our hands and carry her,' said the scarecrow. So they picked up Toto and put the dog in Dorothy's lap, and then they made a chair with their hands for the seat and their arms for the arms, and carried the sleeping girl between them 
through the flowers. On and on they walked, and it seemed that the great carpet of deadly flowers that surrounded them would never end. They followed the bend of the river, and at last came upon their friend the lion, lying fast asleep among the poppies. The flowers had been too strong for the huge beast, and he had given up at last, and fallen only a short distance from the end of the poppy bed, where the sweet grass spread in beautiful green fields before them. "'We can do nothing for him,' said the tin woodman sadly, "'for he is much too heavy to lift. We must leave him here to sleep on forever, and perhaps he will dream that he has found courage at last.' "'I'm sorry,' said the scarecrow. "'The lion was a very good comrade for one so cowardly.' "'But let us go on.' They carried the sleeping girl to a pretty spot beside the river, far enough from the poppy-field to prevent her breathing any more of the poison of the flowers, and here they laid her gently on the soft grass and waited for the fresh breeze to waken her. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.